0: Hello and welcome to the Football Babble Day, I believe 15 of Euro 2020, but match day 13, no 12, I think 15 minus 3 is 12, I think that my maths are are solid there. Uh, Again, as you can guess, I am not Phil or Brendan, uh, and you won't believe what they've done. They've left me and the bow, Johnny, in charge of the podcast this evening. Johnny, how are you?
1: Oh, I am wonderful. The, The Ministry of Magic has fallen. And the Dementors of Askabon are on wild. It's going to be, it's going to be mad.
0: I was thinking it's like Bebop and Rocksteady or Bonnie and Clyde, just being <laughs> let, let loose on the podcast. I hope they have good solicitors to defend any defamatory claims. Uh, but no, I think I think we'll behave. We'll we'll we we'll, we'll be good. Yeah, uh, do not promise anything. No, awesome. I, you're right. You're right. You're right, Johnny. We didn't have you on the other night uh, when we were kind of wrapping up the group stages. Uh, I just was. Quickly, just before we get into today's matches, Uh, obviously we're going to preview Wales, Denmark, Italy, Austria, Uh, but what did you make of the group stages? Did anyone kind of live up to your expectations? Did anyone fall well below? I'll
1: tell you one thing, the Italians really surprised me how good they were. Um, I thought they'd get through, but I didn't think they were going to be as good as they were. Um, I always thought Wales would would probably go to that group as well. Belgium, you know, we we all predicted they would comfortably finish uh, top of that group, and you know, Phil did say the Netherlands were going to stink the place out and top of the group. You know, won all their games. All our boys from from the, from Holland, I was buzzing. Um, England, um, although finished top of the group, you know, they weren't really, I don't know, very. I don't think they're very convincing. You know, it, it, to me, they played a very poor, courageous team. Um and to be quite honest, I think they've harder tests coming. Especially um Germany now in the knockout stages, it's gonna be a bit of a wild one. Um Spain, I suppose, and a bit of a reflection, you know, they were hit pretty bad with COVID prior to the tournament, so maybe that's why it took them a while to get started, but they were kind of boring to watch the first two games. Um and Sweden, like my God, like Sweden finished top of their route, you know, that was just I don't think we kind of predicted that. We <laughs> oh, definitely did not predict that. <laughs> um, and then obviously the final group, like France. Uh, France probably didn't finish top of that group as comfortably as what maybe we all kinda of thought they would have. Um but the group kinda of did finish in pretty much the order we expected. Uh I was I'm not gonna lie, like obviously the whole thing with Hungary, it's it's you know, disgusting and everyone hates Hungary, but um I kind of wanted them to get a result the other night, so Germany would go out, and I could be like, "I told you, Germany are shit." I still, th- I still think Germany are shit, but you know, we we will see. I kind of hope they in England and then just go shit again. But we'll yeah. we'll see how things go. Um, but no, the group stages was really enjoyable. It was kind of, it was nice to see, you know, football that didn't really affect your life or your emotions or depress you for weeks on end. So. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Well, of course, if England win it, then that will depress me for weeks on end. But other than that, like it was just kind of nice just to watch football and kind of enjoy it again.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a fair reflection of how I felt over the kind of first two weeks of the tournament. It's, it's it's nice to watch, say, like Victor Lindelof make a mistake and not be heartbroken by it. You know that kind of. i And a McGuire as well, you know. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Those kind of things are an absolute bonus about these tournaments. Uh, well, I think that's a fair, a fair wrap of the group, and I think you're right to call Phil out again about the Netherlands. I mean, it's one thing. Like, although you know, a few of us did think Turkey would be dark horses, and they finished at the worst team in the tournament. So, um,
1: oh, they're the fottest dark horse to ever enter the tournament. Like, you know, they were just never getting out of the stable.
0: Like, that is not a can for me that I'm hoping Brendan or Phil. By the way, that is a. Uh, I already
1: have mine poured, so.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> Disco gets progressively more shake talk as the poet was on, just it's pre-warning. A
0: piece of paper, that's what they're used to. So. Yeah. Um, and they get what the fuck they fucking deserve, that's, that's what they'll get. Like. They will, they will. I think that was a fairly succinct rap though of, of your feelings on the group stage and very reflective of your messages to the WhatsApp group as well, I think. So you're not you're not a different person on the podcast than you are in. <laughs> in <the different laughs> Uh, first, let's get on to the knockout games. Then, first up, I think Wales Denmark. I saw a tweet during the week that said uh, Eden Amperdu was the unluckiest man at Euro twenty twenty because of his red card. <laughs> uh, I just myself. Christian Eriksen might have something to say about that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I see, I seen that too. That
1: was that was um oh Jesus! Like people just say stupid shit on Twitter, and like quite frankly, you say a lot of weird shit on Twitter too um okay. It's quite, know. it's quite entertaining. Like, what, <laughs> what, what were you talking about today? I seen you tweeted something today, and I just thought that's just so Steve to have that conversation on Twitter. Um, oh, but do
0: you store eggs in the fridge or on yes, your, on your counter? Yeah, I um, I put eggs on my counter. Yeah, but like so, someone explained to me that there's actually a reason that we should in Europe we shouldn't put eggs on in the fridge, and it's something to do with washing. But I didn't really care. Because all I say, all I know is that when I open my fridge, there's a little compartment with a picture of a chicken and holes for eggs. So that's where the eggs go. Um, I have a little, like, Harry Potter, like, egg holder. It's like, it is literally Harry Potter. And
1: when you put the egg in it, it becomes, like, eggy Potter.
0: Ooh. So he
1: has his wee glasses and his wee scar as well. And, uh, yeah, I love it. It's great. And that's why my eggs don't go in the fridge.
0: There you go. Well, we'll agree to disagree on that, um, even though I'm right. But uh fact... <laughs> back to back to like jokes aside that obviously he's not the unluckiest player in the tournament but it does mean that Wales probably have to revert to a back four Um, after playing with like wing backs for, for most of Rob Page's kind of mini reign at Wales do you think it will make a, a big difference having to switch formation kind of at this stage of a tournament
1: it might do but I mean you kind of have to be prepared for these sort of um situations in knockout football like um you have to kind of maybe predict that you might lose a player in the group stages, whether it be injury or you know, red card or something silly like that. Um but I'm actually really looking forward to this game. I think it'll probably be the better of the two games tomorrow. Um just because I think it'll be more competitive. Um Wheels I think just as a collective, as a team, are just bit, like we look at Gareth Bale and the next Far and Ramsey and think they're the standout players, but I just think they work very well as a team. Um, we've seen with like the likes of Poland, you know, they can have one superstar, but when you don't work well together as a team, you know, you just you don't really go very far. And then like Poland didn't, they're they're out. And even though Robert Lewandowski tried his best to stop that, but I just think Wales, although they have your star man Bale, who's you know obviously he's not as good maybe as what he used to be, but he's still a cracking player. And I think Wales probably will give it just as good as Denmark tomorrow. Um I can't really say who's gonna win it because I think Denmark are just at the minute running on adrenaline. They're just doing all they can to go as far as they can in this tournament for Ericsson and what happened in midweek in the Denmark game was just madness. Like I don't think anyone can have seen that coming. I thought after what happened with Ericsson, Denmark just, you know, their heads wouldn't be in it and they wouldn't be able to focus but Fair play to them, and I think I think it's going to be a cracking game. I can't wait for it tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I actually think you're right. I think it's going to be the better of the two games. It's a shame it's the five pm kickoff rather than the eight pm kickoff because yeah. probably mm-hmm. in my case they will be. And a number of children wandering around in the background. I do know how many kids I have. I just got confused there for a moment as to whether it was (laughs) kids, or it's not that I don't know how many kids I have. I promise. Uh, I, I, I I think it's going to be really interesting, and I think it's it's fascinating that like to me that Denmark lost their opening two games. And still got through. I think the Christian Eriksen, this thing is obviously huge still, and and must be mm-hmm. weighing like still quite heavily on them. Um, but I'm looking today like they've had more shots on target than any other team in the tournament, um, with 21, uh, and they've only had eight shots on target against them in the tournament. Now. The worrying thing, I suppose, uh, about that from a Denmark point of view is that they conceded four goals in those eight shots, so you'd have to wonder about Kasper Schmeichel's performances in this tournament. He's certainly a for at least two of the goals, if not three. Um, and I think he might be like one of the weaker spots in that team, which is obviously... A shame for him because you know he's a regularly a standout performer in the Premier League, but he's just been he's been a little flappy or something this tournament. I, did you pick up on that, or am I just like showing my like, like anti-Leicester bias here? He could be
1: tired, you know. Although keepers, you know, let's let's be honest, they're not doing as much run about and stuff as their uh, players. Like, but all of these players, especially in Europe, have just came off the back of pretty much. A year and a bit of solid football, which is just you know, it's hard to kind of stay completely focused and concentrated. I suppose now, um, but you, you would look to Castro Snikel as like one of the leaders in that Denmark team, and I don't know, like maybe I don't know his relationship with Erikson, like they are teammates, obviously, and maybe that has had its toll on him more than maybe we know, um, but he has he has been dodgy and um, now. Saying this, he wasn't—he's been nowhere near as dodgy as that Slovakia keeper against Spain. No. That was
0: no, yeah, that was. I mean,
1: he definitely had a couple of a couple of on Spain. No. That that was ridiculous. Um, but yes, like if you're Garth Bale, if you're Aaron Ramsey, if you're anywhere near the cold tomorrow and you've a clear sight and a goal, like you're taking a shot to see what Michael's made of, you know, because he is—he is a good keeper. And like, let's be honest, I, he really stood out for me this season in the FA Cup um, final against Chelsea. He was superb, but. He has he has looked a bit dodgy now in this tournament, and I think you know Wales will be looking at that tomorrow. Definitely, you know they'll they'll obviously have have noticed he's making these mistakes, and you know making one mistake is fine, but when you make two in the same tournament, you know in the same sort of within a week, it's there has to be questions there. Like you know definitely like for a guy who's very experienced
0: now, has won Premier Leagues, FA Cups, like you know mm. you have you have to ask questions of him like definitely. You do, and then, like, I suppose then at the other end of the age scale in Mikkel Damsgaard, their youngest goal scorer ever, uh, I think he's not, he wasn't even 21, it was just a few days before his 20, 21st birthday when he scored. He's been involved in, in in six goals, uh, in five appearances for Denmark, so he's a threat, and I think with, um, Hülberg as well, I think they've, they've definitely got the strike force to threaten Wales, and I know you said you find it hard to kind of, to pick a winner in this one, but I feel like Wales have conceded a lot of attempts in this tournament. They haven't necessarily conceded a lot of goals, but I feel like they give up a good few attempts and Denmark look a team that the more chances they have, the more they eventually get into a game. And as we saw against Russia, eventually, you know, that, that kind of pressure in the final Mm -hmm. third does, does pay off. So for me, I'm kind of edging towards a, a, 2-1 2-1 Denmark, maybe 3-1 Denmark win? Is that do you think that's too, too bold a call considering Wales, how well they've done at major tournaments so far?
1: Well, I, I'm actually just noticing now that the last 10 times they've played each other, they've not drawn. Um, Denmark won 2-1 in 2018 was the last time they played each other. So, I mean, they may not have drawn the last couple of times, but it has been quite close. You'll 2-1, 3-1, whatever, like, but no, I th- I think I think it's quite fair to be honest. Like you know, I think with you know Wales missing missing a few players, potentially Denmark just have a wee bit more. Even without Aricson, like you know Denmark have just pulled together and, and have been very very good, especially that last game. You know they, I think they were the first game. If whatever that doesn't happen, Aricson, I think Denmark win that game. Um, I don't think they should have made made to play of that game, especially not on the day. Not the day after; they should have been given a couple of days. Played it towards the end. I understand you want to play the same, the last game of the group stage at the same time, but these these are different circumstances. I don't think they ever should have played that game. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I I think Denmark, yeah, I think Denmark probably will just nick it tomorrow. Although I would like to see Wales go a way bit further because it kind of keeps the interest with one of the home nations, I suppose, but. Yeah, I, I, I can see Denmark maybe just having a wee bit too much in the end.
0: Yeah, one thing we know for sure is it won't be Martin Brathwaite, Brathwaite that explores uh, <laughs> that, that, that the winner in that goal. There's a remarkable return of nine goals and 53 internationals for Denmark, and he's been showing up in this tournament as an absolute spoofer of an international <laughs> play. Um, Like, Gareth Bale is having his troubles in front of the goal, but like nothing like Brathwaite at all. Like I think it's... Uh, mm-hmm. It's not being good. It's not being good. And it's probably a wider discussion about the, the, the position that Barcelona find themselves in at that. If he's the, the savior of the club there, um, uh-huh. happen. no, <laughs> um, no. All right. So we're both, we're both, I, I know you're saying like, I suppose the head is saying Denmark and the heart's saying Wales just to keep the, the interest, but I do think we're both kind of on the same page there with, uh, mm. with Denmark. And then the, the later kickoff, I suppose I wonder did, Italy obviously impressed in the sense that even in their last game, they made three changes and looked very, very comfortable Mm -hmm. at doing that. They've, they've scored seven goals, conceded just the one. Um, I think, I mean, are they, 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 it's been a long time since they've conceded the goal. Never mind, uh, lost or, or drawn a game. Like it's, it's a long, long time. Um, since Italy were, were, were in trouble. Um, I there's a there's a there's a school of thought that says that they've possibly peaked too early in this tournament and that while other teams are kind of just warming up, Italy have shown their hand. But, you know, there's an argument to be made that well like you can only beat what's in front of you and Italy have very comfortably done that. Yeah. What what I've
1: seen from Italy is actually what I expected to see from France. And they've it It's not just the fact that Italy have picked too early. I just think they've just been very consistent and I think prior to Euro well twenty twenty one the <laughs> European competitions anyway you know they've shown that you know it was ten games they haven't conceded a goal they're on over thirty game on beaten run you know that's not you know just luck that's being very consistent and Mancini's come in and he's given them a bit of a swagger and they're playing good football, but they're also defending very well and it's going to be hard for anyone to break down this Italian team. Like, um, I didn't realise how kind of well they played. I think Phil actually mentioned this on a pod before as well, that he hasn't seen a lot of them recently, um, but he's going to make, make a point of watching them now going forward. And I, I can see why, you know, they, they do play nice football. You know, the front three are great, and the midfield are, are very attractive as well. So I I can't see this game going any other way than an Italy win. Now, Maybe potentially that that run of games not conceding the goal might come to an end. Um I think Italy are on the are they on the other are they on Belgium's side of the draw? No. Yeah. Yeah. So they're on kinda of the harder side of the draw. I think I actually had a look at the draw earlier and just thought England's have kind of if England passed Germany, you know, I think they definitely have an easier route to the final. But, you know, that's just typical of the English like to get the, the easier side of the draw. But um, no, Italy, have, I just think they've been great and they've been a joy to watch. And I wouldn't really say they're the surprise package of the tournament because like, I think everyone expected them to kind of do something this tournament. But I personally didn't think they were going to be as good as what they have been. There's been some players in that team, um, The lot of midfield, I keep forgetting his name. Um
0: Locatelli. it was Locatelli. I was couldn't remember where. Locatelli, it was yes.
1: In the or was it Locatelli, but it was Locatelli. That is the main boy. And yeah. funny enough, I seen a mad story uh, yesterday that uh, <laughs> Arsenal are linked and I'm like, I mean, why, <laughs> why the fuck would you go to Arsenal? Like yeah. Arsenal just spent fifty million on Ben White, and but that's a like, name, I suppose. Yeah, that you know what? I'd actually want to even talk about that because that <laughs> just, I, I just, I don't want to get depressed right now. Yeah. So, um, we will talk about that on future pods, um, when the time comes. God Almighty, the thought of Arsenal again. But so, I mean, what, what? Like, what do you think? Do you think? Do you think are going to be comfortable tomorrow?
0: I do because I think Austria came out of a relatively poor group. I thought Ukraine didn't look great. Uh, North Macedonia, obviously, as much as I wanted them to do well, we we're, we're pretty poor in the tournament. Um, and I thought the Netherlands dispatched them comfortably enough. Um, I thought they were kind of fun, North Macedonia. It. Like they just,
1: it was like they knew that this was like their their moment, and they mightn't get here again for a long
0: time. They just kind of went out and had a bit of crack, and yeah. that's what I kind of enjoyed about them. I think that's that's like that's what you kind of like about a tournament. Like I'd rather I'd rather lose three games the way they did, going out to try and win than go in to draw. I like, I hate teams and coaches playing for draws. Um, so that's what <coughs> you are Southgate Yes, yes. Well, I mean, Brendan did say they were the worst team in the tournament, and he's possibly not wrong. Um, But yeah, I think I'm not sure. Like David Alba. As fine a footballer as he is, he's still a defender and, uh, he's created like nine of Austria's chances, four more than any other player. Kinda speaks volumes as to, uh, where Austria might struggle in this game. I will say the only thing that's putting me off Italy, I don't think, I think they'll dispatch of Austria comfortably enough this evening. I think where I see their issue is that they are they're creating an awful lot of chances, but they're not scoring at a great percentage like they like they've they are they're averaging twenty shots per game um and like they've obviously scored three in the first two and one in the one in the third but that's not a great return um mm-hmm. and I do wonder if they do come across one of the the better teams one of the better defensive teams especially. Might they struggle, but I don't think Austria are going to be that team. Interesting Mm. enough, last time Italy went on a run like this of, um, 30, 30 unbeaten games, uh, was between 1935 and 1939. Um, what brought an end to that run in 1939? Who can ever know? Um, Austria. Yeah, well, yeah, funny enough, Austria (laughs) were involved as well. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I think, I think it'll be a comfortable win for Italy. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at like a 2-0 win, I think. Yeah, I'm kind of
1: looking at their side of the draw now. And, you know, oh. no matter what, they're kind of in for a tough time. Like, we've got either Belgium or Portugal next. And we're talking here, like, like we, we are pretty convinced that they are going to win. <laughs> so, we're kind of talking here, like, who's going to be Italy's next opponents. Yeah. But, like, that side of the draw is just mad. And I think yeah. even, like, I have Spain now. Are they going to push on? Like, I, I'm kind of interested to see what happens with them because. You know, they won very comfortably the other night, but
0: maybe I'm God. not sure how good Spain or Croatia are, so I can that's that's gonna be a really tough one, but you're right, like that side of the draw, Italy potentially have to face Belgium, the winners of potentially France versus Spain.
1: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: and then Yeah, sorry, so yeah, Italy would have to play Belgium, then in the semi final they'd have to play the winners of France versus Spain. Like that is a tough way to a final. Like, it really, really is. After, like, obviously, they'll get this one is handy enough. But that's that's very poor reward for winning your group as comfortably as Italy did. And it it might be worth just finishing the podcast on this question then. So do you think in other sports the way the knockout stages work – Uh, for example, is not a set order of the winner of group X plays the loser of group Y or whatever. It's that the top ranked team plays the lowest ranked team. Do you think there'd be an argument for that in, like, knockout football? Because I think I'd, I'd love to see the likes of Italy and France square off in a final. But we know now Mm -hmm. that they can only, they can only play as late as the semi-final. And I think that's a disservice to, to football, not getting the two best teams in the final. Rather than relying on the look of a draw made months and months ago.
1: Yeah, no, there definitely is the argument for it. Now, obviously, like you know, you would have loved uh, seeing the the way Italy have played. You would have loved to see them go up against France in the final, or any one of them teams not side of the draw. To be quite honest, like, um, I think Portugal have been have been okay, you know, considering you know, uh, the the abuse they've got <laughs> on this podcast. To be quite honest, um. No, <laughs> Even Belgium, like it's just such a shame. Like they're going to play in the quarterfinals, probably, and you know that—that's a final. You know that sort of game. Like if you look at the teams, like I'm looking at the other side of the draw, and potentially, you know, Netherlands possibly either Germany or England are probably going to be one of the teams in the final. The same, Czech Republic could really surprise the Netherlands there, but you know, it's just. It's not going to be the final, I think. Really, that this tournament deserves. I, I just think it's going to be one really strong team from the left-hand side of the draw. Playing, I mean, it could be something mad like Sweden, because Sweden have actually done really well in this tournament, and yeah. they they do have the potential to go all the way to the final, um, <laughs> depending on who they get between England and Germany, of course.
0: Yeah. But I think you're right, like I think you're right, because like potentially, again, this is just like spitballing here. England could reach a final. Obviously they're playing Germany, but we have our suspicions about this Germany team. But in the following round they could play Ukraine in the quarterfinals. And then they could end up playing like Denmark or Wales possibly in the semi final to reach a final. And when you consider what like Italy or France is packed to the finalists. Like, that's very, very different. And that's where I come back to maybe once the group stages are finished, we should reseed these tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it could be as simple as, like, whoever finished with, you know, most points, obviously, most, so all the group winners, but not necessarily all the group winners, because I think it should be, like, you know, you can win a group with four points or you can win a group with nine points and there's a big difference there and I think it should be rewarded. Um but I think it's a it's not something that UEFA will do today or any other day, but uh I do think it's it when you see the disparity in the two halves of the draw as we're seeing in this tournament, you realise that like something yeah. went seriously wrong in the planning stage for this competition. Yeah. With like a,
1: a Champions League knockout round draw work.
0: You think that would be better than just, even, yeah, even just redraw it. Yeah, don't even see it. Just redraw it. Um, and yeah. I think that would absolutely work. Maybe you do it that the group winners can't play each other. So mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you have two pots and the group winners can't, can't play, um, other group winners, but everyone else is fair game. I think that's a, a really good way of doing it. Um, because there's no reason why like a third place team Unless it is like sort of four group winners, or say you had the, the the group winners um, in, one, yeah, no, that makes sense. The group winners in one pot, and everyone else in the other, and you just draw it that mm-hmm. way. Um, I think that's probably a fair way then actually than trying to figure out seedings and things like that. Plus, it's like it's something to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, you know, the game, the final game round of games is finished. Say you played them at five o'clock instead of eight o'clock. And then you have the draw at eight o'clock and it's something to watch. And it's, I know people will say, well, you have to arrange flights and things like that, but that's unique to this tournament where, you know, they're playing all over Europe in a standard, in a standard tournament, say held in England. There's not much of a difference between a team having to play in London and a team having to play in Newcastle or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I think it's something that they should look at. Um, just because in, when you see the disparity in this particular tournament, it really rings, rings home how, how kind of, it could be so much better.
1: Definitely, definitely could be. Um, I mean, he, exactly the point you made. But at least for fantastic that is top of the group, maximum points, and they're stuck in a shit sandwich there between Belgium and Portugal, and then potentially playing France or Spain to get to the final, which is just complete bullshit. Like you know, if you stick England in say Switzerland or Austria's spot, yeah, you know, I, I would really just like to see like. I'm just not convinced about this England team at all. I would love to see them go up against one of those teams in the knockout stages of, like, early on. Instead of this whole other cack going through potentially beating Germany. Because, let's be quite honest, England are geo win over Germany. <laughs> like, they really, really are. They've got fucking screwed by them. Especially in the 2010 World Cup. Like, I don't think anyone will ever forget Frank Lampard's shot. That was well over the line and wasn't given. Um... So I think I just I don't know like that that England game I was previewed another pod like but um Brenton's prediction prior to this tournament uh I don't know has starting to get a bit of bit of feeling of that 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 might come true yeah but then again he has said the worst team in the tournament so I hope you are ready right about that one Brent um, England <laughs> just crash out against Germany it would be lovely to see
0: and so say all of us. I think that's it. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a fail and throw it over to you for the Patreon link.
1: I hope I don't get this wrong because I've been a real advocate of bringing back the sports bubble, <laughs> sports bubble loyal. But it's patreon.com forward slash football bubble. There you go, Brent. I got it right this time. Uh, I got it wrong.
0: Do, do, Even though we did give them a shout out tonight, want to give a shout out to your mates uh, who were complaining about not getting a shout out. Figo, Figo, this is your shout out. Up a town. Big tune fan, up the tune, Go on the figs. There you go. Okay, that's it from us. We will be back uh, tomorrow morning. I'm uh, uh, not sure who's going to be on that podcast just yet, but it'll be looking back on Wales, Denmark, the Austria, and looking ahead to Netherlands Czech Republic and potentially the tide around Belgium versus Portugal. Thanks, as always, for listening. Um, Brendan's going to shout... Or Brendan. Johnny's going to shout something before I finish uh, recording this. So just get ready for that. And good luck, Brendan, editing it. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Great.